What's going on, guys? Welcome back to No Reserves Radio. I am your host, Ren. With me, as always, Angelo. Uh, again, no Austin this week. It's kind of just a, a normal state at this point. Um, hopefully, he'll be back regularly soon. I yeah, I got nothing. Um, a few interesting things happened this week in the NBA. Um, so we're just gonna kind of talk through some things um one potentially earth shattering the others not i mean i really think there's there's three big stories that happened within the last 24 hours one is i mean it's kind of a big deal because it was a trade then we've got an injury which is a huge deal and then there's trade rumors that are potentially the most earth-shattering trade that has ever happened in the history of the NBA um but is it really like just because of who it is it's a big deal but yeah i don't know we'll we'll get into it so i think we'll start with unless you want to start with the big one yeah I'd rather save that for last. Okay, so we'll we'll start with the trade. We'll talk through it. Um, Memphis Grizzlies and Houston Rockets made a trade last night. Uh, Grizzlies send Stephen Adams to Houston for Victor Oladipo, and I think it was three second round picks. Yeah, three second round picks. So Adams is out for the remainder of the year, if I'm not mistaken. So this doesn't necessarily benefit him now, but it is nice that the Grizzlies are acknowledging that they're probably not going to be competing and that that man deserves a chance to go to a team who potentially could be not really, but um, then they get back. They need guard play Oladipo. I'm biased against him due to the, can I come play with y'all series against the Miami heat? But most of my fond Pacer memories over the last decade were Victor Oladipo. He just bet on himself. Can I and um, with you? <laughs> it, it, one season after what was arguably like up there with Reggie choking or the like holding the jersey out for Spike Lee um, was Oladipo's This Is My City celebration. Um, I think that that was everywhere here in indianapolis for about two weeks and then everyone kind of forgot about it and then that the playoffs that he did that in just kind of a low blow but i'm thankful for it because from a certain point of view he was part of the reason we now have tyrese halliburton because if we didn't trade for Oladipo, we wouldn't have got Sabonis as the throw-in. We would not have traded Sabonis for Tyrese Halliburton, and now we have the franchise player in Tyrese Halliburton. So, it, always thankful for Oladipo for many things. But how do you feel about this trade from... Let, let's start with the Rockets' perspective. It, it doesn't... Like I said, he's injured for the remaining season, I believe. Um so it doesn't necessarily help them now. But do you think getting someone with his locker room personality, because everything you ever hear about Stephen Adams is how great of a person he is and just mm-hmm. how good of a leader he is. Um, 
do you think this helps the young players in Houston? And more importantly, do you think this kind of offsets the Dylan Brooks um, shenanigans that I imagine probably happen? (laughs) So, oddly enough, I think it might, like, make the problem worse. How so? Because... Okay, so the Houston Rockets are, as a team, performing well. Their younger players are not performing to the standard you would hope for them to perform. Is that is that is that an accurate assessment? That's mostly fair. I think there are still flashes from um, Jabari, Jabari Smith and Jalen Green that are very thrilling to watch um but i do think that they there was a lot of buzz around them last season about how young and talented they were and it just doesn't feel like they took that next step because they're still good it's just i don't know maybe maybe i'm misreading this but i kind of feel like the houston rockets just got a bunch of older players on it and kind of stripped the reins away from the younger players, and I think that's just going to make that feel worse to add another veteran on top of that. But, I mean, right now this is still probably, I would say, Alperen Sengun is the face the best of the player team right for sure. now. Yeah, for yeah. sure. I'm talking more about Smith and Green. Smith and Green, but... There was so much drama around those two. I think they need a mature leader in there because they've got veteran players, sure. But it's Fred Van Vliet, Dylan Brooks. I think Jeff Green's there still. It's not exactly someone that's going to come in and, you know, knock some sense into people or help the coaching staff be that middleman from the players to the coaching staff of, hey, this is how we're going to do this. This is why we're going to do it. And yeah, you might not be taking the shot. The play is drawn up in a way that you might not get a shot, but this is the way we're going to play. And in like kind of put more of an emphasis on team play, because I think that's the main problem with the young players is there, you know, they went through high school and college, high school and mostly college where they were the number one option all the time. They were the best player on the court, no matter what. Mm. And now they're in the NBA where to be a bench player on the NBA, you have to be really, really, really good at basketball. So absolutely. You have these young, talented players that have an ego that haven't really learned how the NBA is different from college and high school yet. And I think having a veteran like Adams there to kind of be that voice of reason, and also he's kind of scary, um, might help them. I don't think it would hinder them much. Because it's not like we're adding like... No, no, no. I think it'll help the team. I'm just not sure how it's going to help. It helps the individuals. Yeah. That's fair. That's actually really fair. Um, on the flip side, the Memphis Grizzlies. Dumpster fire, dude. They, Dumpster fire. Do you think it is possible 
that the management of the Memphis Grizzlies are just buying into the reckless youth movement and they got rid of the one person in the locker room that probably was telling John to knock it off. Yeah. Honestly, if like I said, I'm not in these locker rooms. I don't know exactly what's going on. But honestly, if there was some politicking from the younger players to get him out, I, it wouldn't surprise me one bit if that was the case. They need to sign like Gilbert Arenas and Steven Jackson or something. Yeah. Just bring in like more of that culture. Yeah, might as well. Yeah. Let's go all in. Um, still, I think. It's because he's injured, but I feel like this was very low value for Steven Adams. Yeah. His three second round picks is the majority of the value coming back because Victor Oladipo hasn't, like, he relied so much on his athleticism. That never really came back after the leg injuries. Still a quality NBA player, but not a player that you build a trade around. I just... I feel like the Grizzlies sold low, which is why I think there might be some behind-the-scenes politicking going on. Because the market doesn't seem like it's a weak market right now. I don't know. I like the trade more for the Rockets than I do for the Grizzlies, just because I think the Grizzlies needed that veteran presence, and I don't think Oladipo brings that. And right now, the like who's left really to kind of be that voice? It, it, it is Marcus Smart, the oldest player on. Oh, Derek Rose. So yeah, Derek Rose and Marcus Smart; those are the old men of the group. Mm-hmm. Personnel-wise, it's going to be oh, interesting man. to see how they play. I'm guessing. Jaron Jackson will slot to the five. I'm just looking at the NBA standings, and it feels like we transported the process 76ers and the Michael prime Michael Jordan era run Chicago or Chicago Charlotte Hornets, and we just decided to put them into one, and it's the Wizards and the Pistons. <laughs> so what it feels like, dude, like the Spurs, Wizards, and Pistons are like losing at like an all-time pace yeah they're, they're on pace to have like the worst second worst and fifth worst seasons of all time it's kind of disrespectful but with injuries to the rest of the field there's a chance they could make up a little bit of ground because like the grizzlies are getting worse and worse by the day i do I know that teams particularly 18 wins 18 wins might be too many wins already. <laughs> I've <laughs> I was reading earlier that teams were calling about Marcus Smart but the Grizzlies have said no, which I do think is the right play but we're just going all in for next weeks. year at this yeah, point. But we could have we have a couple weeks until the deadline, but if you're going all in to next year, does it not make sense to move Marcus Smart? Now, and Was get pieces back. Uh, offhand, I don't know. I'm about to look that up. So just give me one second. Do do Marcus Smart. He is. Oh, nope, not you. 
I feel like he's under. Contract. Oh, they still got him for a few more years. He's 18 million this year, 19 million the following year, and then 21 million in 25, 26. So well, you could I'm, realistically go ahead. I'm just saying because at this point, the plan should be tanking, like right off the season. Try again next year, at least from my perspective, because you've. So what you just blow it all up for anything that isn't like uh John Jaron Jackson and and Desmond Bain. I keep those three and then there's You'd basically like, just rebuild the whole roster for free agency in the draft? Not the whole roster. Like I'm not saying get rid of it. I'm just saying like those are the people that if you call me, I'm not answering the phone. But if you call about Zaire Williams or Gigi Jackson, sure, absolutely, I'll listen. Will I trade them? I don't know. Maybe if it's the right trade. I'm just saying, like, holding steady here might not be the right move. Okay. Um, because they, they have... Oh, thanks, Alex. Uh, <laughs> I my brain started like I forgot about the soundboard and I didn't know there was an Alex soundboard for that one. Um, the soundboard gets added I, to. Actually, I'm almost ready for the montage intro, and I think you might like it. We'll see. I'll send I'll send a clip to you when it's done. Okay. Um, I I deadass thought that Alex just joined while we were recording and like <laughs> hadn't said anything, and he's like, you know, what? you're right. Yeah, I was like, thanks. Oh, thanks, Alex. There you go. Um, I do think the foundations are there for the Grizzlies. I've said all along that Ja is one of the best young players in the NBA. He's just kind of dumb. Anyone who knows me knows how big of a fan I am of Jaron Jackson. And Desmond Bain is a future Hall of Famer. (laughs) Greatest Uh, player of all time. Um, We are all Desmond Bain. We are all Desmond Van. So I do think there is the foundations there. I just think that if you're going to write the season off, which they should because Ja is out for the remaining season, um, get pieces back that are going to help you during your window because Marcus Smart will be 30 soon. And that yeah. that's still young by NBA standards. That's like I'm not saying you're still in your physical 30, time. It'll be 30 at the start of next season. If I'm not but it it starts to add up. And I don't think his game is going to take that big of a hit. We saw Tony Allen as an elite defender late into his 30s. Yeah. I just feel like going forward, it would be a good idea to not rebuild. Is I'm not saying smart rebuild. this generation's Tony Allen? Um, I think I think it has to be. Yeah. Or not OG on Anobi because on Anobi's too good everywhere. Roberson? Else. Roberson doesn't. In the yeah, league. Roberson can't really shoot. And like, Matisse Thibault? No, Matisse Thibault can't shoot. Um, Is there really. I don't think there's really a comparative because, like, you go back to like the Miami Heat days, you got Shane Battier. That, that was mm-hmm. Tony Allen Light. I don't think there really is a great. I mean, right now, Clay Thompson. Current uh, oh, no. Thompson. He's no longer. Oh, no. He's no longer the same threat he once was. 
but oh no, he's still solid defensively. Uh, uh, Lou Dort, maybe, maybe. You know what, Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler is Tony Allen. Um. Philadelphia 76ers, you mentioned the process 76ers. Uh, mm-hmm. Bad yeah. news. Bad news. and Catastrophic news. Catastrophic news, actually. Well, maybe. Maybe. They're like, so Joel Embiid, it was announced this morning, tore his meniscus. Mm-hmm. Right? Yep. The thing is, we don't have any other news yet. So by the time this episode comes out, maybe more news will be out and we'll look like we don't know what we're talking about because we don't because as of the time we're recording this, there's nothing but he tore his meniscus. Right. Sometimes torn meniscus is meniscus is meniscus. Meniscus. Oh, my God. That ligament, It sometimes it can be trimmed, like patched up, repaired. Um, without mm-hmm. surgery, and sometimes that's only a couple weeks um, for recovery. But if it's surgery, he's done for the. If season. it's surgery, he's done for the season, and that's if I were an NBA player of Joel Embiid's caliber, and I know I've got a long career ahead of me. I'm taking the surgery because we saw time and time again, like Derrick Rose, Dwayne Wade where they try to put a bandaid over it and it made it worse down the line. And given his size, you just, just Joel, just do it. Just get the surgery, come back 100%, have a great productive long career. Um, Here's a hot take. I don't think Joel has much longer left. That sounded threatening. It was. <laughs> it wasn't though. Like why? What the the lower body injuries at the start and continued like wear and tear, and the fact that he's seven foot one and I, I don't mean, know. I just definitely. I don't think the Joel Embiid we know now is is long for this world as far I mean, as perhaps, years. but he still can shoot the ball. He still can play defense. He might not be able to be as physical offensively. Hmm. Like in a couple, like I still think he's gonna be that guy for at least another couple of years, um. But I, I don't like it. I, it's not. He doesn't have the kind of injury problems that make it seem like he's going to miss, like seasons worth of games at this point. Right. right. Like this is a, like yes, it happened in the past and it's this time, but he should have been out. He should not have been playing. And shame on the Sixers medical staff for letting him play because it's sounding more and more like they were kind of aware something was wrong. But on the bright side, Ben Simmons will be playing on Saturday. You just like mind fucked me. How is that good news for the 76ers? I don't know. It, it's not good <laughs> for anyone except for... Well, it's good news for fans that are not fans of the 76ers because the rest of us get to watch Ben Simmons. Why would you want to watch Ben Simmons? The same reason people watch like car accident compilations on YouTube. 
like you like to like or like why people watch burning buildings you like watching chaos i want to watch ben simmons brick an open layup and then pass out of every next attempt he makes it's a fucking disaster so i think ben simmons um if I'm not mistaken, in a recent game, Ben Simmons was one point away from matching his season high, which was 11 points. And, okay. huh? Is it? Oh boy. And someone tracked it, and I believe it was eight points out of the 10 was like tippins. I mean, like aerial wizard gold. What can I say? Like he doesn't even, doesn't, he's, He's not even. I I don't know. I I, mean, I don't get. It's weird because like going back to his early career, and I don't know. Like we're going on a segue. He's here. honestly probably the most timid, scared, talented player yeah. I've ever seen. Well, and he wasn't. He absolutely wasn't until. Was it the playoffs where they pulled him for the entire fourth quarter? No, it was probably post him not dunking on Trey Young. Which is the first time I think anyone said I was afraid to dunk on Trey Young, and then getting all that backlash. I don't know. Something happened with him because he, early in his career, he was fearless. Yeah, it was the Trey Young series. The play where well, he passed instead of just dunking it all over the five foot ten guard. Well. Whatever it is, he's got a case of the yips now that he's had for, like, three years. Yeah. I still think that he can be a contributing NBA player, because he still is solid defensively. Yeah. He just, he can't shoot. And he also can't finish anymore. <laughs> so, I mean... You could probably replace Ben Simmons with a robot, and the robot probably do better. I mean, a robot would be designed specifically to do a job, so I would hope so. Yeah. I just think that the reason we, like, if Ben Simmons' contract wasn't Ben Simmons' contract, we wouldn't even have a problem with Ben Simmons, I think, as NBA fans. Because, like, there's, like, when was the last time someone was shit talking Matisse Thibault? He can't shoot. Correct. But he's not paid $30 million. Not so I think if Ben Simmons, like once Ben Simmons contracts up and he's offered a more fair market value for his services, because so plus or minus league minimum. What? Plus or minus league minimum. You mean... Because here's the thing. You're going to say Ben Simmons is worth more than league minimum. And I agree with you. His talent does dictate that he's worth more than league minimum. But at the same time, would you want to bring Ben Simmons in your building and pay him more than league minimum, knowing the backlash that could come from that? I don't think like, I think if there is backlash, it would be immature. Because Ben Simmons is a good defender. If you are paying him, huh? Yes. Yeah. So if you're paying someone to come in and be a role playing defender, sometimes you pay a premium for that. Do I, would I pay him like, I 
I don't even know like what a comparable contract would be like what I was looking for. Like I'm talking, like, I was thinking 10 million a year, honestly. Yeah. Like that would be like the upper limit. And I don't even think, I don't even know if I do that, but I, I don't think backlash would be warranted if he was bang, being paid fair market value because he is a good defender and we know he can be a very good finisher. It's just, he's, but- I think to go see a few more depending on what the backlash is. I think it is warranted because your talent is much better than the performance you're putting on the court. So, I don't know. I, I just go back to my shack, my shack discussion where, like, yeah, you, you're a great defender, but look what you have, look what you could be, right? You're not getting yeah. the most out of that talent dude but so like what i'm saying though is like let's say so let's say you me and austin are doing a league right Mm -hmm. and we get to free agency okay and there's three free agents available okay say the first one is jalen brown we all go in on jalen brown right of course of course austin gets jalen brown Next one up is, I think of a player that's not like a star player, like a like a Bones Highland. You and I, we Austin doesn't have any cap space yet. You and I go in on it. You get him. Well, now my option is Ben Simmons. I could just sit on that cap and not use it, or I could sign Ben Simmons for a fair market value. And why should I, as a team or executive, get backlash for signing, like for using my cap instead of just like you can't take it with you, right? So that's what I'm saying. It depends on like if you sign them day one of free agency when there's still other targets out there. Yeah, you get some backlash. But if it's like day 16 and like all the big names are gone and you're signing depth role players. If it's between like. You're going to really struggle to find some. Ira Lewis Jr. or. Oh, I don't know. I kind of like Kara Lewis Jr. <laughs> exactly. I was like, you're gonna find, you're gonna be hard finding, hard pressed to find someone you'd rather have Ben Simmons over. I don't think it would be that hard for me, actually. I think it would for me simply because, because of all of the deficiencies, it's kind of hard to justify. Like, even if I don't get the elite defender, if I got someone who can shoot and who isn't afraid to score, then that's right, still but, something. But what if you've got ten guys on your roster that can shoot, score? finish whatever and you need a depth defender one that can arguably guard one through five and it's the last do day ha- of free agency and everyone else what? has already been signed do, do i have do you see the scenario you have to come up with to justify signing ben simmons but no, like I'm here's not- the thing if i have all that already do I have the money to pay Ben Simmons for? But, but <laughs> that's the problem. No, I'm giving an example to make a point. It depends on the context. If you go out and sign Ben Simmons day one of free agency, like free agency opens and your first signing announcement of the day is Ben Simmons. Yes, you deserve backlash. 
I'm not saying it has to be that last day of free agency when everyone else is off the board. I'm saying contextually, if you've gone through the ringer of free agency and he is the best player available, you shouldn't get backlash for it. I'm not saying like, oh, he's the only guy available. You have to sign him. I'm saying if you've made it through those first few days, all the talent's gone, and now you're building your team, right? Because you, you get your good players and then you build around them. If Ben Simmons is the best player for your system and you get him on a fair market value, you shouldn't get any backlash. If it's if you're signing him over like a Jalen Brown, yeah, I get backlash. But if you've signed Jalen Brown and you're like, you know what I need? I need someone to come off the bench that I know can guard when Jalen Brown is off the floor. Ben Simmons. So I'm saying He's not a great signing. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that the team, like whoever does sign him, should not get backlash if he is the best player available. And it's without the glasses of let's dunk on Ben Simmons, right? Because. I mean, someone has to. He can't. I mean, if he dunked on himself, that would be a little strange. That would just be a dunk. Oh, I get it. Um, (laughs) But Ben Simmons is not a terrible basketball player. He's terrible for how much money he is paid. So in the context of fair market value, no, no. A team should not be backlashed against because they signed the best player available or theoretical best player available. But anyway, Joel Embiid. Um, the interesting thing is Maxi has not played as well when Joel is out. Do you see the Sixers trying to hold down the fort, or do you expect a complete free fall, even if unintentional? Free fall. Free fall. Free I mean, fall. I, I agree. You, you're losing an MVP caliber player. Quite honestly, Ren, as as a Pacers fan, and I guess me as a Cavs fan, we should be excited because that opens up another spot in seeding for the Cavs and or the Pacers to take. Now, granted, it's a terrible way for that to happen. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. It's hard for me to say I'm excited about a severe lower body injury. But... I mean, the opening for the teams are there, and I think this will have major... If if yeah, it's as bad as as we think it is, it could have major. No, it could it will have major playoff implications. Yeah, for sure, it'll shake up the East. Um, really, they were the best team in, or the second best team in the East. I don't know I, about I, that one. Celtics and hey, Celtics and Bucks and Seventy Sixers, and so whichever. I think I put the 76ers above the Bucks. Interesting. I think Um, there's an argument. There's definitely an argument. I'm just, I think that they have a more complete roster. The Bucks have a Giannis. Game two. They've got the player that used to be Dame. The player that used to be Dame. 
It, it hasn't really been Dame time. Like, he's had a few good games, but it really hasn't been Dame time this season. Like, age has caught up a little bit, or it's just he's not used to being off ball as much as he is. Yeah. Um, Still a fantastic ball player, just it's, it's, not, it's not the same Dame that we've been used to. Honestly, it's here's how it's here's how here's the biggest indictment of of Dame that I can say. Dame has been so like off this year that Ren went on live air and said Jalen Brunson deserved an All Star start over him. There you go. I think Jalen, honestly, Trey Young deserved the All Star start over him. Oh, you should have stopped at Jalen Brunson, buddy. So what is the All-Star game? An exhibition. An exhibition of what? No defense, basically. Right. Who embodies that better than Trey Young? Man's averaging 27 and 11. I guess that's a fair point. (laughs) And he's not even going to be on as an injury reserve when Dame's averaging 25 and 7. Okay, that is kind of disrespectful. That's That's the kind of disrespect I would have done. So good job, NBA. Good job. Trey Young is shooting forty-two point three percent from the field. Thank you, NBA. Thank you. Thank you. Trey Young is shooting forty-two point three percent from the field. Do you know what Dame Lillard's shooting? I don't know. Probably like thirty-nine. Forty-two point two. Oh. Trey is shooting thirty-six point eight from three. Guess what Dame's shooting? 34.3. 34.3. Trey Young offensively, well, Dame Lillard is not a defender either. <laughs> Trey Young has been the better player than Damian Lillard. And the fan voting showed that Trey was like sixth in total player voting or total voting from fans and was the second highest guard after Tyrese Halliburton. And there's a legitimate chance he's not going to make the reserves even. There, so the coach and Again, thank you, NBA. The coach and player voting is going to do that, and that's you're saying thank you, NBA. But can you acknowledge that Trey is having a better season than Damian Lillard? Oh, yeah, 100% he is. So he should be in, sure. So, why are you thinking them leaving him out? Because it is pettiness that only I think I would. Um... That's true. That's, <laughs> you know what? No, you don't even got to explain it. It, ma- it makes perfect sense now. <laughs> that. Yeah. Yeah. Never mind. There, huh. There's no point even discussing. Like, that makes perfect sense. Like, it, he could be shooting like 70%, and you would say, nah, not for me. Huh. So there's like, a, like I was reading earlier that NBA players don't like Trey Young because apparently he's kind of a dick in person. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. So. I don't know. So here's a discussion. Let's say Joel is out for the rest of the year. Right. Is Joel the MVP this year to this point since it's not going to be if he's out? Oh, that's tough. That's tough. It is tough. Um, I think he's in the conversation. I think I think he he's having a better year this year than he has MVP season. Yeah, he's having. A, but last season, that's the thing. 
he should not have been the MVP last season. This season, I think you could make a legitimate case um, for him. I just... Mm -hmm. My heart is saying Shay. Your heart is saying My heart Shea. is saying Shay. My head is saying Jokic or Embiid. Mm-hmm. Shay would be an interesting one. I think it depends on how the thun- the rest of the Thunder season goes. What are the uh, betting odds right now for MVP? Uh, Jokic, I think, was leading. Betting odds NBA. All I know is Tyrese Halliburton is in the top 10, as he should be. But so Vegas is Jalen. Insider. Uh, Let's see. Here we go. Vegas Insider currently has Jokic as the leader, followed by Shea, followed by Luka, followed by Giannis. So they are anticipating that he's going to miss too many games. Who? Embiid. Do you know who Embiid is just ahead of right now? Who? Tyrese Halliburton. Where do they have Tyrese? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. So eight. Uh, it's Vegas betting odds. I think the Pacers would have to have a hell of a second half run. Here's an interesting question, and probably, I guess, not really the most surprising, but kind of surprising, I guess, especially over Tyrese. Jalen Brunson is ahead of Tyrese in the MVP betting odds right now. Okay, so there's a reason for that, Angelo. It's what the front of their jerseys say. (laughs) Because I... Well, it's it's big market favoritism. It always does have a play. Um, I guarantee you Jalen Brunson has been on national TV more than Tyrese Halliburton this season. Um, Oh, for sure. Because I think if you, like, side-by-side, hold on, let me pull up their side-by-sides. Okay. Uh, Tyrese is shooting better from the field. Brunson shooting better from three, just barely, though. Um, assists obviously Tyrese blows him out of the water points 23 to 27 I mean they both probably have no shot at winning it it's probably like terrible payout odds or amazing payout odds because it's a terrible probability it is interesting though I think that so I think question then for you why did you care so much when Joel Embiid got it. If you can justify to yourself, Tyrese had the better numbers, but he has more exposure because of New York. So how? So so to an extent, you understand and you accept that the numbers de- definitely aren't what matters and aren't the whole picture in an MVP award. So why was it so offensive to you that Embiid went over Jokic last year? Well, let's 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 rewind a little bit. First off. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, you're comparing New York and Indianapolis with Denver and Philadelphia. Um, Mm -hmm. New York is probably the second brightest lights in the league. Mm -hmm. Denver and Philadelphia are probably pretty similar in their national coverage. People like the Nuggets. And Jokic was already an established star and was playing. And really, my issue was Kendrick Perkins literally gaslit 
the voting into Embiid and then backtracked and was like, oh, wait a minute, y'all actually did that because it didn't make sense. In the case of this, like Tyrese and Jalen Brunson, it's so close that I don't like I you could make an argument for either of them. And there's no reason to have this discussion because they're not going to be in that running. But if you're comparing one to two right now, they're so close. You can make an argument either way. It was so obviously Nikola Jokic last year. What? I was just curious. Anyway, on to the next segment. Next segment. So this is going to be either a fun one or a boring one. Okay. Um, I like those. So let me pull it up real quick. So David Pingalore. Do you remember the Pingus uh, bomb? What a name. No, I don't. Uh, so he's a journalist with KTLA. KTL. Okay. So I'm I'm gonna go through a couple of his things real quick. Hold on, let me pull them up real quick. So June 29th, 2019. Just now, hours away from NBA free agency, sources continue to tell me Kawhi Leonard is highly likely and really leaning more so to sign a deal with LA Clippers, reiterating the NBA Finals MVP is not at all interested in doing a deal with the Lakers. As we saw, this ended up being true, because if you remember back when Kawhi's free agency was happening, everyone thought it was Lakers, 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 Lakers. The Pingus came out and he was the first one to really break that he was not interested in signing with the Lakers and the Clippers mm-hmm. were actually his favorite destination. So, June 24th. Oh, wait, hold on. This one first. So, hold on. Wait. Okay, I don't have this one. So, (laughs) in 2012, Pingus tweeted that he was hearing from his NBA sources that LeBron was putting out feelers for what it would take, or feelers for going back to Cleveland when his contract expired in two years. June 24th, 2014, he tweeted, uh, before the team owner's vacation, LeBron told Pat Riley that he was opting out and going to the Cavs. This was before any of this actually happened, right? Click. I'm here. Yep. No, I'm I'm clicking. My mouse is backing up. Um. February 8th, 2018. Right? So this is 2018. This is during the season. Right? hmm The Lakers are doing LeBron a favor, and he will pay them back by making the Lakers his next team. Front office people I spoke with today put that scenario as a strong possibility. I will scratch your back if you do the same. 
basically saying that the Lakers were doing LeBron's bidding while LeBron was on the Cavs in order to get LeBron to the Lakers. Okay, so clearly this guy has some kind of knowledge of the movements of LeBron James, right? Yep. This morning, David Pingalore, the Pingus, hearing from NBA people, King James is the top of the Lakers list to trade. The 39-year-old, that's a run-on sentence, Palinka is looking for the right team to dance with and is close to a suitor. LeBron James and AD both out. So they're both resting. Both of them? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so they both just... were resting. Uh, uh, cool. oh, wow. Oh, so, so according to this guy, they are literally mm-hmm. about to blow it up. Potentially. Now, Potentially. there's a couple things to discuss here before we discuss that. And y- you'll, you might find this as interesting as I did. So, Windhurst tweeted four hours ago. Clutch and clutch sports agent Rich Paul says LeBron James will not be traded. Okay. Oh, so, so okay. here's the thing. One, agents have no say in that, first off. Right. Um, two, when was the last time you had an agent comment on trade rumors? That doesn't happen. Mm. You're right. You're right. <laughs> so it's do I think Okay, so let's let's rewind because prior to this season, one of our episodes here, I discussed the possibility of if the Lakers were slow out of the gate, I thought it could be possible for the Lakers to look to move LeBron. I never thought that would actually happen. I just said like if it did, I wouldn't be surprised. So I was not like predicting anything like this. I just got lucky. The fact that Rich Paul said anything. Means there's some legitimacy to it. There's at least conversations happening. Yeah. Agents do not shoot down rumors. They're rumors. They're baseless rumors. And it comes across more. What was that? Oh, that was my chair creaking. Oh, so it comes across more as the like the report is the Lakers are shopping LeBron. And then Rich Paul's doing the LeBron side of saying, oh, he's not going to be traded because he's trying to get ahead of it and saying LeBron didn't ask for a trade, right? Mm-hmm. Like getting to play the LeBron is the victim card because LeBron doesn't ask for trades. Why would LeBron ask for a trade, right? Mm-hmm. That said, we'll start with that because it does seem like AD is included in this. But since we've already opened the Pandora's box of LeBron here, let's talk about LeBron. And then we'll talk a little bit about AD. So if LeBron is traded, what do you think? Like, what kind of package do you throw together for a 39-year-old, soon to be 40, expiring contract LeBron James? 
I'm curious to see if teams don't lowball it. I think they absolutely will, and I think they, they should. Have to. Yeah, they have to. Now, I I still think like, it'll be a lowball for like our expectation. I'm it like a first round pick and a roster piece is a low ball for LeBron James. Right. But for rental LeBron James, that would probably be a fair trade. What I think it would be more than that. Here's here's a crazy thing. What if they get three or four first for LeBron? Uh I it would have to be like multiple teams involved because I don't think one team gives up that for an expiring, even if it is LeBron James. That's fair. Just because, like, yes, it drastically increases the chance you are going to win an NBA championship. Mm-hmm. But and, you're and it begs really... the question: What is an NBA championship worth to you? And then it begs the question: What are you doing post LeBron James? Yeah, because you don't try to just win one championship. True. Um. So, what are some teams that? Like we briefly talked about it in the chat this morning. I just I didn't really want to get into it because I figured we'd have these conversations when we recorded. Um, mm-hmm. What are some teams you if this hypothetical rumor happens to be true? What are some teams you would be interested as a fan in seeing LeBron James play for? Given the fact that you are a LeBron stan, and what would be more realistic teams? Because like you can pipe dream and like build a giant like oh like i know you're not a fan of the mavs but i don't think the mavs have the assets to flip for this i think even if they did it wouldn't be that good of a move but right but that's what i'm saying like so honestly without... i think the teams that make sense are from like a competing standpoint the timberwolves if they want to be serious mm-hmm. the celtics Absolutely. Absolutely. For the just the the presence they, they, of yeah, the they can't presence of having LeBron. Problem. Yeah. Um, I don't think the Bucks would make sense. The 76ers before Embiid went down would have made sex sense, but now I don't know. Not so much, yeah. I think the Pacers, if they are really going all in and do, doing one more move to get LeBron on top of Pascal and Tyrese. I think It'd be absolutely atrocious for your defense, but you know, scoring 140 games a night would be cool. I mean, the defense is already bad. I just yeah. want that for the salty fans. Like LeBron is hated here, and I want to really? see like how many people like actually flip continue to hate him, or if they're like, "Oh man, I've been a fan since he was at St. Mary's." <laughs> oh Lord. Oh, anyway, outside of that, I think a return to the Cavs could be yeah, in order because I, I would love that. As much as I would quite, hate the Cavs to win another championship in the Central, go finish. And quite honestly, they have they have a piece they could send in the form of Jared Allen. So it makes a lot of sense does, to go back to the Cavs. Does Jared Allen get it done though? I mean, I think it does, but I, yeah, it's, it's it, pretty I think close. You, you have to add picks to it. Yeah, well, a pick, but yeah. But anyway, outside of that, I think the Warriors make sense from the standpoint of oh, we have a lot of young assets that don't believe in our staff anymore, and we have to get rid of them. So 
know, why not just go for one mega run? And if it doesn't work, then it didn't work. Uh, you know, you know what I want? Hmm. So we ask the question, we've asked it a few times on here, and we never really have an answer. What does LeBron James have to prove? Nothing. What more can he do to nothing. cement himself? There is one thing, Angela. There's nothing. No, there is one thing. There's nothing. No, there is one thing he can do that Michael Jordan could never do. Oh, God. Don't wish that pain upon him. Go to the Washington Wizards and lead him to oh, a... Oh, God, dude. Dude. Oh. End of his career. Wizards, success. MJ couldn't do it. You mean LeBron the Washington could? Wizards team that is competing for the second worst record in NBA history, that Washington Wizards team? It might be that one. Oh, okay. You I didn't see, say it made. You just want to see LeBron suffer. I, that no, like, no, 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 no. You want to suggest the Spurs too, man? No. Well, Pistons? actually, that would be that would be kind of cool. That would what be about the cool. Pistons, you know what's man? interesting? What? You know what's really interesting since you mentioned the Spurs that there, there's this dichotomy between the Wizards and the Spurs that I don't think enough people are talking about, and specifically, it's with Jordan Poole and Victor Wimbanyama. And that sounds weird to say, but every night when you tune into one of those players, there's a legitimate chance you are going to see something that you've never seen done before in an NBA <laughs> arena. There are different reasons. Wimby's special. Pools huh. are not. But they're memorable. No, I just, I think LeBron might actually, he might finish what Draymond started if he had to spend time with Jordan Poole. Maybe he would knock the sense back in to Jordan Poole. Um, make him shave the mustache. Look a little less creepy. Um, but no, I, I generally do agree in those teams the only one that i think that you disagree on is i think the mavericks i think that's actually a decent fit um miami heat's not a good fit but again i like storylines um and again i would really like to see jimmy butler try to be jimmy butler when lebron james is in the locker room i don't want to see lebron back in miami I don't either, like, but at the same time, he did say they were going to win more rings. Oh, my God. <laughs> Just saying, you don't want to call LeBron James a liar, do you? Yes. It was... yeah. And then Minnesota, for sure. Um, that's actually, I like, I, I think the best fit is the Clippers or... The Clippers, right? The Clippers or the Thunder. I said Clippers twice. The Clippers or the Thunder. I just don't see the Lakers trading them. See, I just making. I, I think the best fit are the Celtics and the and the Timberwolves. I think the Timberwolves are up there. I don't like. 
you're just adding to the Celtics. I don't think that's necessarily the fit. I think it's just an abundance of riches. Um, oh, I think LeBron definitely adds something different that they don't have, which is like someone who's won multiple championships who can give you more confidence and understanding situations better going into a deep playoff run. Um, I don't that's the other thing is I don't want him to just if this does happen I don't want him to just go to another big market team like I don't want it to be New York or Boston I would want it to be like a Minnesota Indiana or Cleveland like go win as the underdog that's Because I'm just telling you, if he does, if he were to be like, oh, I'm going, I'm doing the Kevin Durant and joining the Boston Celtics, like at this point in his career, like that just makes him seem more like a villain. Whereas if he goes to like pretty much any other team, it, it won't be as much so. Though if he goes, I, I would. I would like to see him do that just for the sake of I would like to see how the media portrays it because they were vicious when it came to Kevin Durant joining the Warriors. I don't think they would have that same. How can you be vicious to a 39-year-old? <laughs> I'm not saying like... that. I'm just saying, like, how would they play it? Because it's the same thing at the end of the day, because 39 year old LeBron James is still uh, dropped a 30 point triple double just last night, like, or not last night, the night before, like, um, and then Anthony Davis. I, I, of the two, interestingly, I think I Anthony them. Davis is pretty more fun dry. I think you get a Rudy Gobert kind of deal for Anthony Davis, and for sure, and I think that good. I think of the two like potential trades, as weird as it sounds, I think an Anthony Davis trade is less likely than a LeBron James trade. Um, just because of the ages. That is weird to say. I think the AD trade. I think if one happens, the other kind of has to happen. Yeah. I guess, but it just, it feels weird to say. Like, I just, in my head, I don't see them trading Anthony Davis. If they do, Hilariously, the perfect fit is the New Orleans Pelicans. Don't say it. Oh no. So do here's a question. Disagree? Do you move Zion for AD? Ooh, that's tough. Do you accept I... Zion for AD if you're the Lakers? Oh. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. It's painful, isn't it? That's hard. Yeah. Um, Because Zion is still so young. It could be closer to Mariah Mills. Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> he'd be farther away from that New Orleans cooking, though. Um, True. Because if he ever gets it together to where he's not, you know, hurting himself when he walks. 
He's a top five guy. Easily. So <laughs> and Anthony Davis, let's let's be real, Anthony Davis isn't exactly um the most reliable player when it current comes to night to night health. So I don't trade Zion if I'm the Pels just because you're trading an injury prone player for another injury prone player, but one of them's in his early twenties, the other is not. I trade a lot of other pieces though. I would trade a lot of other pieces for AD. Pretty much anyone not named Zion or Brandon Ingram. Really? Yeah. You wouldn't trade Brandon Ingram for him either? I don't think so. I, I think huh. if I'm wanting to bring him in, I'm wanting to do a like I want to build a team like like I said, you're building a team around him. And you can't do that if you give up your good pieces. And I don't know if I would give up a piece like Brandon Ingram for Anthony Davis, not because Anthony Davis isn't worth what? it. It's just again what what if they kind of like reverse the AD deal and the Lakers ask for their picks back and then like a player or two? I'd do it. I'd hmm. absolutely do it. But yeah, I I think the LeBron trade is likely. Not likely. I don't I don't want to say likely. More Here, likely of the two. My headcanon is that because the AD trade is pretty more cut and dry and you're able to work that out probably faster. If you're gonna do it, the AD will drop first and then the LeBron trade will drop. That's kind of how that's kind of how I'm I think the LeBron trade, if it happens, will happen on the deadline. Yeah. And I think fair. it's going to break the internet. I don't think Yeah. Like over the summer there was or not over the summer. This year there was the Otani thing. Like that was a big deal. Yeah, the Shohei Otani signing. But like, fuck you, Shohei. <laughs> but besides that, like this would I'm probably be amazing. this would easily be the biggest deal in sports in recent years. Uh, yeah, it would. I'm just I'm just thinking of like the circus that it'll, it'll be like on every whether you're like ESPN or you're some small content creators like us, it'll be everyone's talking point for at least a week. For sure. <laughs> like microanalyzing everything. There will be MJ stands coming out of the woodworks to, to say things like, oh, MJ would have never been traded even in his 40s. And there's going to be LeBron stands <laughs> saying that this gives him another chance. Like, it's it, it's going to be great, honestly. If it happens, it's going to be great. No, it's, it's definitely going to be an entertaining uh, couple days for sure. Much more um, entertaining than Shoei Itani's free agency. Yeah, that, well, he. <laughs> I don't even follow <laughs> baseball, and I know that that man is just private as hell, and he didn't he want is. everyone like. He didn't make a yep. big deal about it. He did not. Did you see? By the way, did you see the breakdown that this motherfucker signed? Yeah, isn't it like he's going to be paid like thirty billion dollars in his thirties? Yes, he makes fucking two million dollars a year for the first like two three years, and and the like. 
400 million of the 500 million or whatever it is is like back tax to the end of it yeah i i you know my opinion on the salary rules crazy. of the mlb it, that's it's crazy. asinine that, that's just insane so does that when it because i don't i don't know how baseball works so is there a cap hit relative to his overall deal or is his cap hit two million dollars his cap hit is two million dollars okay that's stupid <laughs> so there's not like an average annual value or anything like that no oh god i hate baseballs that, that is why that's why he did it that way so the dodgers could sign more players while he's in his prime quote unquote in his prime so why like couldn't they just do this with like every star player on the market and well that's the interesting question is is that going to happen Showing kind of basically just set a market. He could have. Because he could have been paid a lot more, correct? Like, he's worth a lot more than that. I don't know if he could have been paid a lot more. He could have been making upwards of $40 million a year and have that be every year for 10 years if he wanted to. That's crazy. No, no, that's a uh, that's crazy. MLB. Two million dollars for sure. But uh, quite honestly, like ignoring like the cap ramifications and that stuff, that's low key a brilliant way to make your contract. On the simple fact that as you are getting older and going into the twilight, you're gonna still have money coming in. So. You're not going to have $40 million for 2024 when you're 30. You're going to have $40 million or $70 million in like 2034 when you're like 40, 50. That's, that's honestly, that's honestly Loki, a, a great financial strategy. Just as a person. Agree? Disagree? I, I agreed. Like, I think that he did it right. I just, I don't like the rules <laughs> around yeah, it. It, it's kind of broken. It's not very, uh, like, I am interested. I, I should go listen to, like, some baseball podcasts to get, like, an idea for, like, how it all works. And, like, there's not, yeah, totally it doesn't Quite honestly, quite honestly, if you're an analytics person, you would love like people who talk about baseball because they are very analytical and like, analytically driven. No, I, I I get that. Sabermetrics was a big deal. Um, it's I'm more interested because when we're discussing trades or signings, we're talking like we talk about like the cap ramifications, and. I don't feel like that's as prevalent in the MLB. No. And because you can yeah. have you can have someone who doesn't care about So like it's go ahead. Like hypothetically. Honestly, honestly before you go into that, I need to send you like a baseball bit about um specifically it was about the Oakland Athletics. And the whole point of the video 
is that baseball teams should be viewed less as a profit engineering machine and more as like an entertainment machine where profit isn't as important but putting a competitive team on the field is i think you'd really like that because there are some baseball teams who specifically underpay and have their rosters under talented to make profit but go on so like hypothetically hypothetically let's say there is some like saudi oil ban baron right so they got billions of dollars let's say let's go ahead and hypothetically say trillions of dollars trillions of dollars trillions okay trillions of dollars is this baseball team in the MLB owned by this baron able to spend trillions of dollars yes that is if they're so if they're okay being in the luxury tax yes that is so dumb because right now the luxury tax is 30% of the first 20 million dollars you're over 42% of the next 20 million dollars you're over 75% of the third 20 so that's about 20 40 60 million dollars and 90% of anything over really any amount over 293 million dollars over the cap space but yes theoretically if they were willing to spend and have 90% of their money over 300 million dollars over the cap space tax yes And do you agree with that financial structure or do you think no. there could be change? Okay. There should be changes, but at the same time, mm-hmm. I don't know how to explain. Baseball has been around for so long that changing the structure of baseball would have huge backlash to the fans of baseball. At least I think it would. So. But in that same vein, are baseball fans, I don't know what word to use here, because I remember, no, 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 no. So I remember, I don't remember if it was Colin Coward, it was someone I was watching and they were talking about the baseball strike back in the day Mm -hmm. and the, the, like the fans refused to show up for games and like viewership was down. Yes. I don't want to use the word fickle, but do you think that baseball fans are a little fickle where they'll deli- deliberately 100% dude, but so in, and we're getting into weird baseball history here, but thanks for joining us tonight, guys. Um, if after that strike or lockout or whatever it was, it was a lockout, right? Yeah, there's been multiple blockouts in baseball. So after that one, the one that like emptied the arenas and like nobody came to games, nobody watched games. Did were there changes afterwards that brought the fans back or did they just slowly start coming back? I don't know off the top of my head, quite honestly, because if it's the latter, then I feel like changes would have that kind because sports fans as as a whole are fickle. I'm not saying that's that's unique to baseball. I think that we have a lot of like what have you done for me lately when it comes to sports and this goes across the spectrum of sports mm-hmm. um 
I'm just I I I was interested to know like if there was like some um maybe it's something I reconciliation between the league and fans that is why they came back or if they just realized that they liked the game and they didn't care really about the rules as long as the game was the same because from a viewer standpoint like imposing a hard tag or a hard cap doesn't necessarily change how the game is played it just changed like i feel like the team okay anyway i I feel like teams that like fans of teams that are willing to spend would be the most upset but i don't think it would necessarily impact the on-field performance in any way it's not like you're adding like oh every third pitch we're going to use wiffle balls right like it's not changing the rules of the game oh yeah you're talking about the one in 1995 sure i'm glad Atlanta star picture are you reading about it yeah i don't know I just, I am someone that I very much welcome change. Like the tides of change are coming and like get on board. We should. So you remember do... the movie, The Replacements? Um, yes, with Keanu Reeves. That happened. That's basically what happened. Oh. From the sounds of it, the reason the fans weren't showing up is because they weren't, they were still on strike with the players. And they brought in a bunch of replacement players and the fans refused to watch those players. So what happened was the strike ended and the players came back and the fans returned. Okay. So that makes sense. So the owners were like, here's your wish.com baseball. Placements was a really good movie. Yeah. So they literally had scabs in baseball. They had what? Scabs. Yeah. Huh. Crazy. But it feels like even like in the like 2000s, like in the early 2010s, it feels like every time I was watching ESPN and there were baseball highlights, there weren't that many people in crowds. But no, I think basically. that I feel like part of that's just because of how many games there are. They don't like fans don't show up as much because so, there's more games. So statistically speaking, most of the fans who attend baseball games are older, like a lot older. And baseball's revenue isn't really made on attendance in stadiums. It's made on network deals. That's all of them. Well, no, I think the the NFL and the NBA fan base is younger. A lot younger than baseball. No, no, no. I'm saying like how they make their money. Like the TV deals are really what sets the standard. Like Obviously, they sell hella jerseys. but So I'm going to try to take this back to basketball but keep the subject the same what do you think would happen if basketball decided to take baseball's salary structure and just like let teams spend all willy-nilly 
Or not at all. Not at all. Um, you could do either. It doesn't matter. You could spend, you know, twenty million dollars to field your your team or less, or you could spend two hundred, three hundred, four hundred million dollars if you want to. There'd be luxury tax, but you know, if you're the Lakers, you don't care about the luxury tax. But anyway, go on. Uh, it completely depends on the team. L.A., like in baseball, probably would have a they huge would, advantage. Same with New York. And yeah, the big market teams would spend, and small market teams would get the scraps. And you would hear me complain about the same things I complain about today. So nothing would change. I mean, the product would be different. Oh, for sure. For sure. But it would be, it would be like what I complain about today, but to an nth degree. Because, like, a team like the Lakers would just pay everybody. Like, you would yeah. have, like, a Team USA Olympic roster on the LA Lakers. Like, their bench would be an all-star caliber team. <laughs> that would be so it, It's like if you go well. play, like, my GM and turn off salary cap and, like, the team you make is freaking broken and boring. Yep. You're not wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, is that it? I feel like that's it. I feel like that feels it. like it too. Yeah, that feels, that like, feels like, like a good way to conclude. That feels like a good way to end it. End it with baseball. I, yep. I mean, that's what we're. That's what everyone came here for, right? Yeah, we came here for baseball. I mean, that's what yeah, we're probably came... about to go do is play MLB the show. Exactly. We're Which is weird. I don't like baseball, but like I like that game. I've played one game and I like it. It is. This is unironically the the best from top to bottom, the best sports game that comes out every year. Um, I think it is. Top to bottom, sure. I think there's things they could do better, like they could have online franchise. That'd make me play it a lot I think, more. I, th- I think there's more, like there, the other but, games seem to do other things way better. But I think uh, as far as like. Replicating the sport that they are trying to replicate, I think it does better than 2K or Madden. Yeah, or, or NHL or FIFA. Yeah. I, I agree. I think top to bottom, like as a as a whole, it's hands down the best for sure. Um I do think the gameplay loop of like 2K and NHL. Rebound. Uh, Three. Get back. No, 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 I'm talking, I'm talking <laughs> about like what you do as a player, like in terms of getting on during the day and just like, there's so much you can do. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm always going to say like, and baseball would be terrible for this, like creating, oh, play? it would be absolutely, would, would you really want to stand out in left field and not get a ball hit to you for three innings and then have one AB? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like it, it wouldn't work for it. But, like, that's the kind of mode that I like. So, like, I think it would be, like, who's the studio that does, what are we doing? Who's the studio that does the show, SDS? San Diego Studios, yes. So, San Diego Studios, if you're listening, maybe I'm the only one that wants this. And I'm not a baseball fan, so you probably shouldn't listen to me at all. But 
what if instead of making this like an online versus mode, right? Like instead of like, because there's what, nine people in a rotation, not like the pitcher rotates like through different pitchers, but there's nine people that play, right? Three outfielders, one, two, three, four, five infielders, and a pitcher. So five, six, seven, eight, nine. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So maybe don't have nine versus nine, right? Like we don't need nine versus nine. <laughs> what if instead of that, what if instead of that, they implemented a mode that was a way to earn rewards for other game modes? And it's a co-op season where you and up to nine friends or up to eight friends make oh, players and you play co-op together playing those positions. And there's a read like there's rewards for doing it. So you can play with your friends, with your created players, which is what like people like to do. Like right now, my character on NBA 2K is Dwayne Wade. You have a LeBron James. Riley has a Chris Bosch. Adam is pretending his is Dwight Howard. <laughs> like we've made NBA players and we've done other, like we've changed our build so many times and our character model so many times. And it's fun. Like it's fun to experiment and like make a player and level them up and grow them and then take them with your friends and play with your friends. That's the only thing I think the show is missing. And I think it's a huge deal. Because you don't even have to do it necessarily to that degree. Like, you could do it to where it's co-op. And, like, let's say three people. You each make a player, and it does it like the My Career does it, where it, like when it's a computer at bat it just flies through them unless it's a human pitching in which the human pitcher pitches and then it plays the game when you're on the field or it plays the game when you're at bat just something to have that team element because that's why we play games like team play it's fun that's a whole another issue there's co-op hey, 3v3 anyway yeah, but, but you're you're not you, you're not it's not the same thing. I guess but, that's true. You're not progressing towards anything. And anyway, you're not making your own player, which is... Like, I like... As Hard much as I complain about people, but not co-op. <laughs> I'm saying there's no My Career Online. And Online Franchise. Like, Online franchise isn't as big of a deal for me because I don't think anyone has ever done online franchise better than Madden. <laughs> I think there were a few years that NHL was coming close because you used to be able to play like online co-op franchises where you could have up to six people on each team and you did drafts and trades and all that. Hmm. That was fun. But the my career, like create a player and play with your friends, like that's the biggest thing missing for me. That's a hell of a game. Anyway, thanks for joining us, guys. If you like what we do here, do all the things we ask you to do. Like, comment, subscribe, follow, notify, whatever you do. Uh, follow us on social media at No Reserves. Follow us on Twitch at No Reserves. And if you liked what we did on Tuesday, if you weren't, if you didn't check it out and you're interested in video games, it's kind of what we were just doing, but to a grander scale. We released a kind of a test episode for new stuff um 
video game related episode. If you like it, let us know. It seemed to do really well on the metrics. Um, so I don't know. Let us know. Uh, you got anything else, Angelo? Nope. Have a good one, guys. All right. Well, join Angelo on Thursday with Alex for No Reserves Football, and we will see you here for No Reserves Basketball next Sunday. There is not an episode on Tuesday.